Hey guys, welcome back to the Dad Tired Podcast. It's good to be with you. I want to take a minute just to thank our sponsor, Circle with Disney, for sponsoring this episode. Uh, Just this week, I was sitting on my couch and I was playing on my phone and then I got this notification that says, your time has expired, uh, which is one of my favorite features of the Circle device. I've talked about this before, but Circle is this little device that connects to your Wi-Fi and it tracks all of the usage on all of your devices in your house. And so I have a time limit set on my phone that basically tells me, dude, you've been spending way too much on your time on your phone and on the internet today. And it shuts it off. It actually like shuts off the internet either completely on my phone or on specific apps that I set up. So not only is it tracking my kids and their internet usage in the house, but it's also tracking my internet usage. And it's just a super good reminder for me to set down my phone and be fully present with my kids. If you want to pick up one of these devices, you can go to meetcircle.com. Use the promo code DADTIRED. You'll get $10 off and free shipping. Again, go to meetcircle.com. Use the promo code DADTIRED to get $10 off and free shipping. Just as a friendly reminder, Sunday, May 13th is Mother's Day, which is just about a month away. Uh, so you're going to want to start thinking through gifts right now. Uh, my friends over at Backgate Prayers make these beautiful custom prayer cards with your kids' pictures on them. And then they actually put the names of your kids in each of the prayers. So they're really beautiful, beautifully displayed. This is like a really good gift for your wife and your mother. A lot of the guys in the Dad Tired group get these for their wife for their birthday or for Christmas. But uh, as I said, Mother's Day is just around the corner and this would be a really, really good gift for both your wife and your mother because they make grandparent additions as well. Uh, Go to backgateprayers.com. Use the promo code DADTIRED. That'll get 10% off your order. And listen, you should do it now because it takes a couple weeks for them to make those custom cards. So go to backgateprayers.com. Use the promo code DADTIRED to get 10% off. If you were to pull up the Instagram app or the Facebook app right now and you just like search the hashtag blessed, uh, you would find all kinds of things, some of which might actually be inappropriate now that I'm thinking of it. So maybe you should cautiously do this, but just for an experiment's sake, just like go and search the hashtag blessed sometime and see what you can find. You're likely going to find tons of smiles, lots of like pretty thing, pretty things, people uh, on vacation, new cars, promotions at work, cute kids, new outfits. You're just going to find like tons and tons of smiles uh, associated with the hashtag blessed because typically not just in our culture, but really around the world, like we associate good things uh, as blessings, whether you get a new house or you got a new job or you got a promotion at work or, you know, God gave you this cute kid or whatever, like these are all good things. And so we consider them blessings. And I used to think that that was uh, just like an American thing, but I've actually come to find out that that's like a whole world thing. Because here's what you're not going to find when you search the hashtag blessed. You're not going to find like people (laughs) who are depressed. Like nobody's like losing their job or getting a bad diagnosis at work and then like shooting a selfie like hashtag blessed, you know, just lost my job. Uh, Blessed. Nobody's doing that. We associate not just again as as a Americans, but really in humanity, good things as blessings. You see this all the way back in Jesus's day, like his disciples, uh, they really, and back in Jesus's day, they, they highly valued, uh, good things. Like they wanted, they wanted status and strength and big armies and wealth. Like these were considered blessings in their culture, just like it would be in our culture. Like even the disciples were like constantly fighting with each other uh, and bickering among each other. Like, Hey, who's going to be the greatest in God's kingdom and Jesus's kingdom? Cause they really thought like, dude, we're like, we're like homeboys with Jesus and like we're in and like we, we got picked. <laughs> we're kind of a ragtag team here, but we got picked to be Jesus's guys. 
and we get to sit next to Jesus and they're literally like bickering among themselves. Like who's going to get what seat next to Jesus and all this stuff, because they too had this idea that to be blessed, to be part of Jesus's culture and to be part of Jesus's kingdom meant like good things. You're going to get like probably be part of this palace and have more money and you're going to build up an army and we're going to like be the best and the strongest and the greatest in the world. And this is really like that hasn't changed. Uh, that's why I'm saying go search the hashtag bless. Like you're going to find the exact same things that people value as blessings today as they did thousands and thousands of years ago. The crazy thing is uh, when you open up the scriptures, uh, blessing, especially in the New Testament, looks a lot different than what you see on an Instagram uh, hashtag for blessed. There's this crazy like moment. It's one of the first times Jesus ever gives a message in the scriptures. And again, his disciples are like they have been following him for a while and they're like arguing about who's going to be the greatest. And they had all these ideas of what it meant to be a Christian and to be in Jesus's kingdom and to have Jesus as their king. And they really thought that this was going to mean like more wealth, more prosperity, more stuff, more status. And then Jesus opens up his very first message and he gives this like crazy flip their world upside down kind of speech and here's where it is it's in Matthew 5 verse 3 is where it's where he's where I'm going to start and this is this is Jesus's first <laughs> message uh to the people it's the first time in scripture we see him like give this message it's called the sermon on the mount which just means he gave it on a mountain he was it's like the first time Jesus teaches and he's on a mountain so they call it the sermon on the mount in verse 3 Matthew 5 verse 3 it says this blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, dude, that's like jolting for us, and it would have been super jolting for them. Think about the disciples who have been oppressed people for hundreds and hundreds of years. And then they've been waiting for a Messiah, a king to rise up, to come and to like rescue them from slavery, from oppression, from hurt. Uh, and, and finally, this guy, Jesus, shows up and he says, hey, that Messiah, that rescuer, that king that you've been waiting for, he's I'm here. I'm it. I'm here to save you, to rescue you. And they think like, finally. Finally, I've been going through junk. I've been going through these hard times for a long time. Our families for generation after generation has been going through these hard times. And finally, God has showed up. A Messiah has showed up. A king has showed up who's going to like save us and get us out of this mess. And finally, we are going to be blessed. And their idea of blessing would have been, again, an army, a kingdom, a king who like takes over the world that they would have lots of stuff and good stuff to eat and drink and they wouldn't have to worry about money anymore and that all their pain and insecurity and hopelessness would be taken away. And then Jesus opens up in verse 3 of Matthew and he says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. He's using words like poor 
And blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty. Blessed are the merciful, pure in heart. Blessed are those who are persecuted. It's crazy. He literally takes their idea of what it means to be blessed and he flips it on its head. Everything that they thought it meant to be blessed was just like totally shaken up. There's nothing that you would ever search on an Instagram hashtag blessed where you would find people who are like boasting because they're blessed because they're poor in spirit or because they're mourning or because they're meek or because they're hungering and thirsting for righteousness. Like that's not even like cute churchy language. That's like they're they're starving for something that they don't have. Nobody's hashtagging blessed when they're like trying to be merciful or pure in heart or or looking for peace in the midst of chaos or when they're persecuted. Like nobody's hashtagging selfing that, right? There's this guy in the Facebook. We have an online uh, closed group of dad tired guys. There's thousands of guys in that group now who listen to this podcast and then they go over to Facebook. There's a closed group where we all just kind of continually try to pray for each other and encourage each other and push each other towards what it means to be a faithful follower of Jesus who is leading their family well, being the best husband that they we can be and be, being the best dad that we can be. And we're just, it's a really cool group. I, I've never seen anything like it. Guys like that on in the group always say like, this is the most unique group on Facebook. It's a, a group of guys, thousands of men from around the world who are genuinely and seriously trying to take this stuff seriously. There's a guy in this group. His name's Caleb. He's actually been part of the group for a long time. I've never met him. He lives out in Florida. Uh, P.S. I'll be out in Florida in May. So uh, I'll, I'll try to keep you up on details in that so that we can get a group together to hang out. But anyway, there's a guy named Caleb. He lives out in Florida. And uh, he's been part of the group for a long time. I like him. I always see his name pop up. He's always commenting on stuff. And he just, uh, he and I have always, I've just, from a distance, it feels like I've been friends. And I've just kind of watched him and resonated with a lot of the stuff that he said. But anyway, uh, I I know Caleb is going through some stuff right now. And uh, I asked him, I was, I just, we've been talking over Facebook Messenger. And I I asked him if he would just share a little bit of where he's at, like, today not like testimony from 15 years ago but like what dude where are you at like right now uh and so he was gracious and humble enough to come talk to us about where he's at right now so just take a few minutes and listen to his story in high school got caught up in drugs uh, started smoking weed and then it went to popping pills and drinking all the time and um that went on for i guess from the age of like 16 till see my wife and i met in 2012 so to the age of 22 um and so the night that I met her, I made a promise to God and to myself that I'd stop using, never use again, and uh, just kind of turn away from it. And it worked for a while. Life kind of happened. Lots of craziness happened. Um, I uh, started working doing water restoration again, uh, which was the job I did while my wife and I were dating. And was kind of what I was doing when I was at the end of my using cycle. Um, I guess you could say what, what really sucks is, um, my wife's never seen me. She's never seen me. high, never seen me on drugs, never seen, uh, any of that happen. And, you know, she, she didn't really notice much of a difference that, that I'm aware of anyways, even when I was uh, using the pills again. And I started using pills again, whenever hurricane Irma hit down here in Florida and uh, I was working 16, 18, 20 hour days going in, helping people in their houses, just kind of trying to help people. And, 
had a had a guy who I considered a friend uh, offer me some pills, and I was like, oh, you know, one or two, that's not going to hurt, right? And uh, it ended up hurting really bad because um, it, it went from one or two to about uh, anywhere from eight to ten a day, and um, it it was just it was really tough because in in the middle of all of this, I'm like really involved at the church that we're in, and and with the kids ministry and serving in the kids ministry and um, teaching the kids on a Sunday morning, man, I would walk into church Sunday morning and I'd, I'd have already taken two or three pills before getting up there to teach the kids. So this was back in September that everything started. And then um, <clears throat> back uh, beginning of February is when it all kind of came to an end. Uh, when, when it came out that in December I had taken uh, three or four pills at one time. Uh, walked into a lady's house, saw a Rolex watch, and took it, and um, just kind of really messed myself up from there. Um, ended up losing my job. At first, I, I, you know, I didn't know what to do, man. You know, because cause I loved the job I was working. The guy that I worked for, I've known him practically my entire life. So not only did I hurt him personally, but I hurt the business a little bit too. You know, it's hard for me to even talk to him anymore uh, after after everything I've done. It's hard for me to look at my parents the same way because I'm like, you know, here I am, the the middle of five kids, and I'm the drug-addicted child who was supposed to be a pastor. You know, I, I started going to um, <clears throat> to counseling at, with one of the pastors at church, getting into biblical counseling, and, um, you know, just, just really coming to realize that the only way that I would ever get clean and stay clean is to truly come to know Christ and to truly— you know, I, I've known Christ almost my entire life. I've known about Christ, should I say. Um, I would say that I truly gave myself over to Christ back in 2012 um, <clears throat> and, you know, just kind of ran away from him um, over the last year. And uh, just over the last two months, it's it's been it's been tough trying to run back to him. But, you know, this Sunday will be um, 60 days clean, which is exciting. Um it's, it's super exciting for me because I was five and a half years clean before that. So that's that's one thing I'm celebrating. But um, I'm just really working through, you know, still trying to stay away from the temptation. Now, I don't think anybody would listen to Caleb's story and be like, man, that dude's super blessed. Uh, he's definitely not like posting on any social media and using the hashtag blessed based on what he's like currently going through right now. Um, But the crazy thing, man, is I feel like Jesus would look at Caleb and he would be like, you are blessed. Like Caleb is the description. Like he's what Jesus is describing in Matthew 5 when he says, blessed are those who are mourning. Blessed are those who are meek, who feel weak, who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness. And it begs the question, like you hear stories like that and you hear Jesus say those kind of people, that Caleb, Caleb right now is blessed. And it begs the question, like, why? Like, why the heck would we hear that story and say that he is blessed? Well, here's what I think. Like, I think that in our culture, we look at a blessing as anything that helps us get closer to our goal. And for many of us, our goal is like more money, more health, uh, good bank accounts, our kids being successful and obedient Uh, our house looking good, a car that drives well, like all these nice things that when you're searching Facebook and Instagram and you look at the the hashtag blessed, like 
Those are the things that we consider blessing. And so we feel blessed when something is helping us get closer to that goal. So if we get a promotion at work or we're able to get a new house or we go to the doctor and they tell us we're healthy or our kids are healthy or whatever, then we can say, man, look how much God has blessed me. Man, God has really helped me get closer to my goal. I think that's what the disciples were going through, man. At the end of the day, what they really wanted was like to, to feel value, to feel valuable, to feel like the sense of not being scared anymore, not oppressed, that they would have some kind of status in the world. And Jesus was going to help them get closer to their goal. And so they wanted to be blessed just like you and I want to be blessed And helping us, like, Jesus, can you help me get closer to my goal? And Jesus was saying to his disciples, and because we see it in Scripture, it's not just for his disciples, it's for us, that that our goal as a follower of Jesus is not stuff. It's not status. It's not security. It's not safety. It's not a bigger bank account. It's not a job that pays well. Our goal as followers of Jesus is Jesus. And I think that's what he was trying to teach in Matthew 5, is that as a follower of me, no longer do you look at all these other things as your goal. You look at me as your goal. I, Jesus, am your goal. I am your goal as a follower of me. And that's why you can look at situations like those who are broken and meek and weak, and hungering, and thirsting, and those who are poor in spirit, and those who are crushed, and those who are being persecuted, and you can say, I'm blessed because it's forcing me to get closer to my goal, and my goal now is Jesus. Like, I can assure you that Caleb is praying in ways that he wasn't praying a year ago. Like a year ago, he may have been finding hope and joy and satisfaction and other things. He may have considered other things a blessing. Like, man, yeah, my job's taking care of me. Uh, maybe these pills are taking care of me or whatever. Like I, I feel better when, I'm, when I have this, X, Y, Z, whatever X, Y, and Z is, I feel better. And Jesus was saying, listen, as a follower of Jesus, like that's not your goal. That stuff will fail you. And now when like you're broken and you're meek and you're like, crap, like I don't have my life together. I've been caught in my sin. I'm broken. I'm hurting. Caleb is now praying in ways, I assure you, in ways that he wasn't praying six months ago, a year ago. And Jesus would say, like, now you're blessed. At the moment you recognize that you are weak and you are broken and you can't do this on your own, that you desperately need a Savior is when you're actually blessed because you're getting closer to me in ways that you never have before. And the reason I wanted Caleb to share his story is because I, I read the comments in the Facebook group every day and I listen to many of you who are going through a divorce or through hard times in your marriage or your kids are sick or they're being disobedient. You've lost your job. You're going through really hard times. And I know that for many of us, the tendency is to like try to get back to this place where we feel like, God, would you just bless me? Would you help me out? Could you help? Could you give me a little relief here? And I think that Jesus would look at you, bro, like who who's going through difficult times, whether it's as little as like, man, I can't get my kids to listen and to be obedient or something as big as like, man, my wife is about to leave or we're about to get a divorce or my kid is terminally ill. 
wherever the hardship is, wherever you're at on that hardship spectrum, I think Jesus would look at you and say, actually, in the midst of your hard, hurting, brokenness, you're blessed. Not as the world defines blessed, not as the way that you can search a hashtag and see all these smiles and pretty pictures, but you're blessed because you're going to get closer to me than you ever have before. You are going to get dependent on me in ways you never have before. And there's no greater blessing than to realize that we are broken and incapable of having our souls satisfied outside of Jesus. Wherever you're searching to be blessed, to get closer to your goals, Jesus would break it and say, there's nothing There's nothing that's better than finding your hope and your joy and your rest in me. And listen, I know that that doesn't make sense for many of you who are hurting right now. Like, man, you, you tell me I take my kid. If I take my kids to the doctor right now and I get some kind of diagnosis, man, I could get choked up even thinking about it. And to think that somehow I could say that that's a blessing that only makes sense in the kingdom. There's no way that makes sense in any other planet is that I could look at sickness and I can look at losing my job and I could even look at death and I could say I'm blessed. This is why Paul said to live is Christ and to die is gain. Dude, that doesn't make sense anywhere except in the Christian faith. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. What Paul is saying is if I get to live, then I'm, I'm blessed. I get to be part of the advancement of God's kingdom in the world. I get to raise my kids to love Jesus, not for Paul specifically, but for us. Like to live means that we get to raise our kids to fall in love with Jesus, that we get to be part of his advancement and his uh, redemption of the world back to himself. Like this, that's amazing. But Paul said that even if I die, I still gain. Why? Why in the world would Paul say that death is a gain? Well, because he's saying he's getting closer to his goal. His goal was Jesus and literally life or death. It didn't matter. No circumstance could stop him from falling more in love with Jesus. Even the worst things that you would throw at him, he'd say, you're just helping me get closer to my goal. And dude, that's what I want for us as men is to say, it doesn't matter what situation you throw at me, whether I'm caught in sin or I confess my brokenness or I lose my job or there's sickness or even death, I can say that I am getting closer to my goal and that's Jesus. And so I will rejoice. I will worship and I will praise God despite my circumstances. In the middle of my circumstances, I will worship and recognize it as a blessing because my goal is no longer more stuff or security. My goal is Jesus. And this circumstance is actually pointing me and forcing me to get closer to Jesus than I've ever been. So dude, if you're struggling right now, if you feel like you are not blessed, I would remind you to look at Matthew 5. And I think Jesus would say, you're actually way more blessed than you think you are. Sometimes I cringe when people say, God bless you, brother. (laughs) A lot of times I'll speak at a church or I'll go speak somewhere and people will come up to me and they'll say, God bless you, brother. And I'll say, man, before you put that on me, like, Please don't throw those words around lightly because, listen, I don't think blessing is actually what we think about as blessing, more stuff or more hope or security. I think blessing is actually when we're broken to the point where we're more desperate for God than we've ever been. And I don't know if I'm ready for that kind of blessing, (laughs) if I'm honest. I love you guys, man. I hope that's encouraging to you. Uh, I know there's a lot of you guys going through some stuff right now, and I, I pray that 
I pray that, man, you would fall in love with Jesus, that you would recognize that you are actually way more blessed, that Caleb is way more blessed than he feels and that he thinks in this situation, that you, wherever you're at, if you feel like you're in the thick of it, if you feel like you're just trudging through the mud, that you're actually blessed, bro. It's just a perspective change to recognize that you get to fall in love with Jesus. Man, I know I'm going on a tangent here, but I, I get to travel the world a lot. I get to go. I've done a lot of quote unquote mission trips. I've been to a lot of third world countries and it hurts my heart so much when I hear people come back from a third world country and say, man, the thing that I learned most was that I'm super blessed. I just don't think that that's true. I think that those people, <laughs> and by those people, I mean people who are desperate for Jesus wherever they're at in the world, people who are desperate for Jesus, uh, and they're not clinging on to hope found in money or security, but they're clinging on to hope found in Jesus. I think they're way more blessed than we are, bro. Uh, and I envy that kind of blessing. I, I look at our brothers and sisters uh, around the world who don't have any money or security. They can't put a hope, their hope in a bank account or a nice hospital or healthcare system. And they are so dependent on Jesus. I look at them and I'm like, man, you're, I want to be blessed like that. I mean, I don't really, I don't cause it scares me even saying that like scares me, but I do. I'm envious of the way that they're blessed and that they get to be dependent and fall in love with Jesus and have a relationship with Jesus that I've yet to experience. I want to be blessed like that. I love you guys. I hope that's helpful for you. Have a good rest of your day. Later.